Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chafin. Thank you for listening. I'll leave you with this. Please subscribe to our Patreon page. You can uh, hear all kinds of extras with uh, TJ Miller on the road and hell gig stories and behind the scenes of a comedy club in Manhattan. So please support that. I could really use your support. So if you like this podcast, please uh, sign up for Patreon page. It's only like two bucks and you can really kind of uh, get some extra stuff that I want to try to add. It's even getting better and better each week. So please support us and uh, I'll give back. I promise. I ask you about your sunglasses. You know, you have these aviator mirrored sunglasses, and you know it's funny. And what's so funny about you is every time there's anything that's like, hey, you know, your shoes or what, it always goes back to like a really cool reference to a story. Like, yeah, I was just hanging out with like all these rock stars, and like it's I, never like <laughs> I got these at Rite Aid. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, there's never been a freebie I've ever I've ever been known to turn down. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just so funny. Yeah, I was in the Monsters of Rock, you know, cruise, and it's just really funny. Like I was expecting. Yeah, Dwayne Reed, six bucks. You're like, no, they're uh, actually the basses from Slayer. You know, you know what I mean? So, well, yeah, I don't know yeah. who they are. It, it could be. It could the embarrassing be. part of the story is, yeah. you know, it's the old trick. You stay yeah. at a hotel, you sure. stay on a cruise, and you go, I lost my sunglasses. <laughs> they're like aviators kind of looking. You know, cause, you the know, most popular. The most yeah. popular yeah. kind. And the woman's <laughs> like, are these yours? I'm like, oh, thank God you found these. That's these hilarious. are like $300 sunglasses. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, thank you so much. And I got free sunglasses. That's great. So you're doing these cruises these like rock cruises yeah do you do um how much stand-up do you do on those we do a like a formal stand-up show you do every okay. year yeah when they first started having me on they literally just threw me out on the pool stage for like the sail away okay. and that's when there's literally that's chaos right three thousand metalheads all out on the pool stage the whole top deck okay. like people you know as far as you can see like some of the the first time i saw the photo of me doing that i was like I'm so glad I couldn't somehow see this photo before I went out there because I would have never <laughs> done it because it looks yeah. terrifying. Um, but yeah, I just went out there and just started doing my stuff in front of all these people. And, that's crazy. And I, that's probably what they thought. Like, this guy's crazy enough to go out and do this. He'll, we'll get him to do anything. So it's, I guess, I guess maybe those, those metal fans have gotten more used to comics being, you know, fused in to yeah. like rock shows because I remember when Big J Okerson was starting to do them, he said it was just like, it was a lot. Like, and then I heard horror stories of like, uh, Insane Clown Posse with like throwing shit on the stage. Yeah, throwing <laughs> like yeah, so throwing, I, throwing Fago <laughs> bottles at you and yeah. stuff. Like Joey Gay and like Joe Matarese, which is the worst comic for that. No, you know because he does it. Well, yeah, no, he well, just snaps. For like, us, it's yeah. the best comic yeah. because <laughs> I couldn't care yeah. less about the material. Yeah, 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 I just yeah. want the snap. You know, he's. Gonna I know freak the material's out. great. Sure, I want the snap. Yeah, and Joey Gay too. Like Joey Gay apparently does well on those too, but. No, I, it's just, yeah, just the element, like, of trying to fuse those kind of fans with, like, listening, and I mean, the first time I saw a comic open for, uh, I was a kid, I guess it was, like, Kenny Rogers, uh, not Kenny Rogers, Kenny Loggins, Kenny Loggins, the fucking, um, Danger Zone. 
Yeah. Uh, top, top Gun. What else he do? He did Footloose, right? Is that, Footloose? Is that long as Footloose? Probably, Got yeah. Got to cut loose? Footloose? Yeah. yeah, I think that's Kenny Long. Oh, jeez. Caddyshack? He had some hits. He yeah, had some movie yeah. hits. He did. Like, he... Like, <laughs> four movie. I was like nine or ten, whatever it was. And it wasn't like I was like 36 going to see Kenny Loggins. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody took me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, wasn't, Footloose, it wasn't my choice. Yeah, yeah. Footloose, it's not, it's not like Goodfellas when it's on, you watch yeah. it every time. No, no, no. If you not. didn't see it's it when not. you were 11, yeah. you didn't see yeah. it. Well, Footloose is hilarious. The gymnastics part in the middle of it, it's obviously not Kevin Bacon. It yeah. was just like muscled up dude just doing flips for no reason. Like Zero degrees yeah. of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, I remember uh, Mario Joyner was the comedian. He opened yeah. for, uh, you know, which I think of Kenny Loggins uh, is nothing like what you go up in front oh, of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His crowd's a little more, hey, let's see what this guy has to say. Right. Well, you they're guys they're all blitz. You guys have been blitzed since noon. They're ready to party. <laughs> like, they're just out of their fucking mind. So how is that, like, just trying to, do you do bits? Like, yeah. Like, are you doing bits? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. You got to do bits. Really? But you got to do, you know, they're quick hitters, you know. Now, almost oh, you one. Have good quick jokes. Almost one-liners, you know. Which, okay. But, you know, I look back to the early yeah. days, man, when we first started out, man. Yeah. You go do these bar gigs out in the middle of nowhere, and the TVs are still on. You're in the bar. You're standing on a case of beer for the stage. Yeah, but they're not there to see corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's still a little different. Yeah, like there's an energy to a metal fan that's it's that's yeah. really hard to explain unless you've been in it, you know. Well, once you get once you wrap yourself into that intensity, it's yeah. you know then you're all guns blazing. So you just kind of try to yeah. jump on that wave, you yeah, know. Okay. And and just like an opening band, you know. Um, you know, some nights it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to see the headliner. But God, man, it's amazing, man. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight percent of the time, it goes down all right, man. Well, I think they also associate you, you know, with metal, obviously, yeah. with the shows that you've done and the TV shows and stuff. So I think that helps a lot. That yeah, if yeah, they, doing that they, metal kind of, show. they know you. Yeah, they know who you are. It's you're, not too weird. Yeah, you're not out there with props, like who, you know, some guy from Long Island. You know. <laughs> Opening up a trunk. Hey guys, you know they they associate you with our the next music. act is from Ronkonkoma. <laughs> so that helps a lot. Yeah. You know, I think it's you definitely have that brand of metal with you. So like you know they trust you. It helps. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it does. I did a bamboozled show one time, and it was Robert Smigel, and uh, it was like uh, it was it was it was rough because we followed this punk band. And then the punk band, like right before we're about to go, was like, yo, man, we got pizza at our tent. Everybody, pizza and free stickers. <laughs> so, so we were following this band, and there was literally no people. Like, we were supposed to be next, and like everybody just followed the punk band to get free pizza and stickers. <laughs> so it was like me and Peter Smiley, this genius. And we're sitting there, like, nobody there. It was hilarious. Well, if, if I, yeah, if I'm having a bad set, I'll, I'll have one of the band members come out and announce to the crowd that they have pizza. <laughs> And then when there'll be like a hundred people left, and it's my word against theirs on social media. Exactly. Well, what I like about what you've done is, is very few people that have been able to do this. Um, there's uh, Justin Silver has done something similar. There's like um, um, Gomez and all those guys have done something similar. And when I say similar, I mean they've taken um, 
a passion and a love for something and being able to fuse it in with a comedy career. And I think that is really interesting to me. It's like, where Justin Silver loves animals, so he did like this dog thing, and Lewis, they love all that UFC stuff. Yeah. So they're able to like, and so it's like, it's very interesting to me when somebody can do that. You know, because you have these dual worlds in your life, and one is more of a maybe a passion, and then the other was the obvious comedy career, and then you somehow put it together, which is really amazing. Because then it's like everything you love is there, you know. Yeah, and you can't plan that, you know. It's like, you know, we probably, you know, we've been doing probably comedy around the same amount of time, 20 plus years, right? So, but but back then you only had what? You had SNL, or Mm -hmm. you tried to hone that late night set. So you could do Tonight Show or do Letterman, whatever. Yeah. And that's all we had, like, yeah. as a comic. And then when Comedy Central came around, you know, then then you were trying for a special. But originally, that's, that's really the only couple things you could do. Yeah. And so if you didn't do those, you know, I, was, I wasn't an impressionist. I wasn't a character guy. You know, so SNL wasn't going to be for me. Yeah. And probably after the first four years, I realized, all right, I'm not a clean comic either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do anything on late night show so now where do i go with this but now it's great because we can all find our niche and what we want to do right sure. I, how did i know 20 plus years ago i was going to be hosting a heavy metal talk show with <laughs> two of my best friends yeah no, no way to fantastic. predict that you yeah, know but i just knew i just sort of always knew where my strengths were and where they sure. weren't and i didn't waste time if I got an SNL audition, I didn't waste time trying to create a character and work it out on stage for months beforehand and going, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not my thing. It's not what yeah. I do. When those worlds finally collided, it was like, okay, yeah, now, now we're going somewhere with this thing. It's a beautiful thing. I always thought, you know, those worlds to me collided in such a great way because yeah. when I first started getting into comedy, it was cool for comics to open for bands. You know, Dice opened for Guns yeah. N' Roses at the Rose Bowl in oh, Los wow. Angeles, 100,000 people. That's um, crazy. You know, Sam Kinison obviously sure. incorporated all yeah. everybody into the Wild Thing video. Sure, and his, sure, sure. you know, he had the whole rock star attitude. And even um, even Bobcat did, the, he yeah. opened the first Nirvana tour of America. <laughs> really? It's just insane. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I had no idea. That would be hilarious. Bobcat opening for Nirvana. Yeah, just wow. screaming at the crowd. And... <laughs> That's insane. And then it was so not cool for so long after that. Right? Yeah, that's what that's what it, it just kind of yeah. fa- that art of make mixing those things up went away. It did. Yeah, I felt like it got it got kind of boring for a while, you know, yeah. and my and just not necessarily boring boring, but just a different yeah, a different kind of comedy. The music got a little boring actually. Well, the know? grunge crowd wasn't yeah. looking for jokes. They ain't looking for jokes. No, they, but it, but even stand up in general, I mean, just the just the kind of style of comedy just kind of like you know, became a little more basic, you know, yeah. as opposed to like, you know, what Kennison and Dice were doing, you know. Yeah, they were they were doing something, you know, revolutionary. Yeah. And then, um, you know, with with doing that metal show, it was interesting because, um, you know, Jim Brewer was had started doing stuff with bands. What an interesting career that guy's had. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he'll just, he'll be like, ah, I'm just going to sing ACDC songs for a while. Like, he just does whatever he wants. And then the next summer, (laughs) it's a a family-friendly tour. exactly. Where he talks about his dad for an hour. Yeah, all clean stuff. Like, very talented guy. Very underrated, I think, in the sense of, like, far as a big star that should, I, I feel, should be doing, you know, two movies a year, you know what I mean? Like, he's just a guy that, like, and he's definitely doing great. But I feel like you know, he, he just full of so much talent. Like the, the what the the range of what a guy like that can do is amazing. Yeah. But I think that's the method to his madness. Yeah. Like if I, 
you know, he was sort of part of the the corporate comedy world with SNL. And then you sort of, when you get, yeah. you know, working for a network, sure. you know, which I did. And, and I was yeah. so grateful for the 14 seasons that they gave us to do that metal show. Yeah. You're still working for a network. Sure. And when once once those chains are off, that's what I'm, th- you know, with him, he's probably thinking, I don't need to answer to anybody. I yeah, can yeah, go yeah. do Open for Metallica this summer and then next summer do a, a one-hour special about my dad and my kids or I can sure. do I can go out with my band and and yeah. record an album with Metal Blade and so you know I think that freedom for him means yeah. way more than being part of the Hollywood system where he's going to churn out these movies that he may or may not even do you, like. Do you sing and stuff with music? Do you try to like get? I mean, because you have access to all these fucking guys. Yeah. Like you ever like when jam I go out with and nobody's the, around? With, <laughs> <laughs> the best when nobody's around. Yeah. <laughs> when I go out with the bands, I usually go up and do a song with them. You do at the end of the show, yeah. Okay. Because I think that you know they like, and I like as well. You but, have a good voice though. Can you like metal yeah, it out a little? I can fake like, it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to put me in the right <laughs> situation. You yeah. Know? <laughs> But yeah, they just th- I think they like because it ties it in at the end. Okay. Like it, yeah, yeah. We had a comedian open for us, sure. and now he comes out at the end and sings a song with us. And okay. So I've been having fun it's... doing that. But yeah, you I got to pick the right. You know, <laughs> it's gonna right. it's gonna be a good screaming song or something. Uh, or it helps or... if there's a track playing in the background oh, yeah. or something. But... <laughs> Somebody's doing a solo over your. Song. But I always loved the mix yeah. of it, and and like I said, Brewer was was dabbling in that world, um, and then Brian Posehn. Came on our show. Okay, and, yeah. And uh, he's, he's a huge metal guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, he had the guys from Anthrax play on his album and oh, stuff. Oh, he did? Okay. And we were, we were talking, and he said just something very simple. He was like, you know, I never used to talk about hard rock and metal my act. And then I was like, Why, wait a minute. Why don't I? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like, it's such a big part of my life. It's so sure. weird that... Because I'll talk, he talk, you know, we all talk about our relationships and and yeah. all the things that are very personal to us. But yeah, we had never really incorporated that stuff in. So I was like, yeah, that's weird, you know. Uh, but yeah. I guess I always felt like people wouldn't get it, sure, in normal comedy clubs. But you'd be surprised how much stuff. Is there a get. music genre people wouldn't uh, expect you to like that you like? No, <laughs> um, one track mind, bro. Because <laughs> I have the weirdest selection. I have like Erasure, but then I'll have you know Metallica. Like really, you don't like go all over the place. No, you just use all metal all That's day. <laughs> I, I don't believe it. that. I'm gonna grab your phone. No, <laughs> I'm go expose. You, there, there might be some. There might be some stuff from X's in there. Some Yanni. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. If you went in my phone, <laughs> yeah. so when I went to get my my new car, the, the, yeah. the kid at the dealership's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll sync up your, uh, I've, you know, your iPhone with the car. Yeah. And the, the default thing that comes up is, so I admit, I ha- at night I have trouble sleeping, so I downloaded on iTunes this um, New Age music. Oh, okay. And so the, the kid recognized me from that metal show. He's like, oh, Sweet. man, you met Black Sabbath and Slayer and all those guys. Yeah. I go, yeah, I know all those guys. Oh, my God, it's incredible. And, and he starts to hook it up, and the first thing that comes up is <laughs> Sleepy Princess baby music. <laughs> Such a letdown. And he's like, oh, man, fucking poser. <laughs> Uh, he was waiting for, you know, Iron Maiden to come up. head. And, and just yeah. like, so the sleepy sounds. Ding, 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 ding. New age like, music. Like uh, yeah. fucking Chilean flute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, um, yeah, you've had a very cool career, and you know, you started out um, producing in television, mm-hmm. right? You start MTV, is that yeah. correct? You, um, how did how did you get into producing? What, well, it was, well it was it's you know, it's 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 the same two components through my whole life. Okay, you know, from. From my first two albums being Kiss Destroyer and George Carlin Occupation Fool. You know, those those were always the two loves of my life. They always led me in the right places. So MTV was a a mix of, at that time, because I am uh, almost in my 30s. Um, No, back in 1988 when I started working there, it was cool. MTV was cool shit, It was cool. It was really cool. And I worked on Headbangers Ball and and all that stuff. 120 Minutes was my favorite show. Yeah, so, you know, MTV had real street cred back then. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I had hair down on my man boobs back then so that was probably the only place i could graduate college and go work sure and uh and then they started doing you know we'll take it back around to mario joiner who was the host of the half hour comedy hour okay which was their half hour comedy show uh that i eventually started booking and i was like cool man this is here i am again okay rock and comedy did you in the same world did you do stand up before you started booking the show no okay no so you booked the comedy and then you started kind of getting a a little ink, ankling for it. Yeah. Kind of, okay, I got you. And the, but the thing that because I used to I went to Rutgers. And I used to take the train into the city to go to catch a rising star, the original one okay. uptown in the East seventies, and I would see Seinfeld and John sure. Mendoza and uh, Carol Leifer and um, um, Colin Quinn and stuff and. And I was just like blown away, man. It was like when Rita Rudner picked on me, like at Catcher, <laughs> that was like a badge that's, of honor. That's great, yeah. And but but I didn't realize. Like there's so many great comics that they just aren't household names. Sure. So when I when I started working at MTV and I started seeing guys like Dave Attell and Louis C.K. and Nick DiPaolo and I'm like these guys are geniuses, but yeah. nobody even knows who they are. I just I just said a tweet today. I said uh, I said uh, Bagel Boss will have a sitcom before Brian Regan. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it is amazing when you just like you know all the we know all these hilarious funny people that maybe you know nobody else really does unless you're in the comedy now. So I was so drill. I was so I was I I had such respect for stand up before that. Mm -hmm. But then to know like just because your name wasn't Carlin or Cheech and Chong or Richard Pryor or Dice, there was all these amazingly talented people out there. And so So you were a fan first, fan first, and then started to get the itch. Yeah, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's great. So you, okay. Yeah, because I remember um, being in college uh, in New York, went to art school, and it was like uh, Boston Comedy Club was right there, mm-hmm. right by my dorm. And before I even even thought about comedy, really, I was just going to comedy shows. And I think that's important for a lot of comics. I don't think a lot of these young guys that come out, I don't know if they, like, I don't know if they think to sit down and watch comedy, go to a club, and, you know, it's like a weird, like, uh. I think you got to be an audience member first. I, I think to be a good cop. I mean, maybe not everybody's done that, but I just feel like it. It just gives you a whole different perspective. I think know? it sucks if you're not a comedy fan. I think so too. But uh, but uh, that said, 
and you you probably do go through the same thing. I, I watch less and less of it because when you're doing it, you want it just to be yours. Yeah, you don't want to get too tainted by the stuff that's out there. But but I'll absorb yeah. it and chunks. I mean, I'll watch it if I need a new bit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rework yeah. something in my <laughs> I could do this in Wilmington. <laughs> Nobody's going to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows Jezelneck and yeah, like fucking right. and the Poconos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll just rework this one. Yeah. Uh, just a little darker punch on that one. Um, but I yeah. think if you lose that, if you lose that thrill as a fan, yeah. it's, I do, I agree, man. I think there's some, it'll, you'll have something missing in your act. Yeah, no, but but I like what I like about you. You have, I mean, you just have a good energy for art, you know. And I think a lot of artists, you know, don't have it sometimes. Like, I, you know, sometimes people just don't like. Like, you're always excited. Like, you don't care. Yeah. Like, you're one of these comics. Like, you, if there's six people. If there's a thousand, if there's, it, it doesn't matter to you. Yeah. Like, you're always excited to grab the microphone. You know what I mean? Like, you're never. You're never one of these, like, I don't know. It's just like sometimes, you know how it is. It's a green room full of these bitter guys and stuff. Like, you're never, and even no matter where you're at in your career, I'm sure there were times when you weren't where you wanted to be, but you were still excited about stand-up. And that's what I tell young guys. I'm like, just stay excited and you'll be fine. Yeah. Just stay excited. Just never treat this like, ah, this sucks. You know what I mean? Because it is, because if you're actually getting paid to do this, it's the greatest job in the world. Even if it's 50 bucks, it's still 50 bucks doing this. Yeah. As opposed to 50 bucks working at fucking Walmart. Like, it's still way better than anything else. So that's, I love that you're always excited about it. I'm flattered that you notice that about me because that really is me. And sure. It goes to a couple things. One is, you know, my dad was. Uh, blue collar worker, climbed telephone poles for a living. N- you know, man's man, used his hands for everything, took sure. engines apart, put them back yeah. together just for fun. Those guys aren't going to be left anymore. No, yeah. no. <laughs> and I and I and I'm one of them who who yeah. I, I could never, I never had an aptitude for that stuff. He tried his hardest. Yeah. But what I took from it was the blue collar attitude. You, you take a gig. You do it 100%. You bust your ass. You work hard. That's how you live your life. So that's yeah. how I am, man. I'd still, you know, I still clean my plate every time I eat a meal. Um, you know, I <laughs> go to. Be careful with that. I go, <laughs> <laughs> I go to a comedy club. You're right. Six people. I'm still, yeah. you know, just as juiced yeah. up as if there was 600. Uh, I just, I, and also then, and then also you get beaten down by the business a little bit. Sure. And so you always think. This could be the last show, so yeah. <laughs> I better have fun. There yeah. might be a point where somebody says, all right, you're, you're done. We're yeah. giving you the light. The industry is giving you the light, which is a good reason but to also it, keep reinventing yourself. But that's the thing is a, the industry can't give a guy like you the light because you're one of those guys that, like, finds a way to make it happen for yeah. himself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really cool. And so, so yeah, MTV, um, that – such a great show that you guys put together, uh, that metal show on VH1 Classic, which was so cool because what was cool about that show is, um, you know, it's a lot of people kind of uh, downplay metal, you know, because they think it's, you know, I don't, I, I mean, I guess when people talk about music, I don't know, I don't know if there's, you know, what if people even really even talk about music. I don't know if there's like a jazz show somebody's talking about. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think anybody's even, t- yeah. that's the problem. We need probably need to talk, but you, you know, gotta go to a smoky club in I Chicago guess, to have I, that conversation. I guess, yeah. yeah. But metal is such a huge part of guys like us, you know, growing up because it was like, I remember my wall. Was I went through a huge Twisted Sister phase. Sure. And uh, Twisted Sister is still in my heart. Like, it's just, uh-huh. there's something about that band for me, because I was a little younger than my brothers, and because my brothers, it was all Kiss. 
And then I remember we had to like we were burning albums in our church parking lot, you know, like because wow. it was like it was night and Satan service when they were going through all that shit in Texas, and like they yeah. were just highlighting, you know, uh, scripture and like the revelations and yeah, like, I had the that four stuff horsemen. In the south. Yeah, and it wow. was just like you know, so I was like, so I missed all that, like the good Kiss stuff. I just saw Kiss like uh, like four months ago, and it was the most amazing thing ever because yeah. I because I missed out on it. But uh, but anyway, True Sister was like this thing. It was just like it was the attitude when those videos came out. You know, like they were hilarious. But it was also like punk rock. Like it was like we're not gonna take it. Yeah, we we just want to rock and we did all this stuff. So it really it, it if I look back on what I do as a stand up now, all that's kind of there. Yeah, all that you know, I wear what I want, I do what I want, I say what I want. So it's like you know, it's just a, a mantra for a young boy that you just kind of hold on to. Yeah, so that's part of it too. Metal right. has that. You know? It's the infusion of that attitude into my personality. Sure. Which is like, yeah, you know, you keep beating me down because uh, you know I'll, I'll you're not going to stop me. And I'll also put Steve Vai against any you know uh, you know violinist at the Met. You know what I mean? Far as talent. Oh, sure. You know, so it's like. People also don't understand that, you know, what Randy Rose is doing on a, on, on a fret of a guitar. Like, it's the most amazing music that people sometimes downplay because it, you know, it, it, you know, with the hair and the thing and the smoke and the stuff. But when it boils down to how much, you know, musical talent is there, yeah. it's just like I don't think a lot of people even realize that, you know, the, right. lay, the lay person, you know. Yeah, well, that was that was that was what one of the big things about doing that metal show that we wanted to convey to yeah. people was we wanted to let we wanted to buck the stereotype. You yeah, know, here you have three guys, none of us with long hair, none of us with piercings, none of us with tattoos, all reasonably intelligent, you know, and that was to, you know, let people know, look, yeah. you know, and then the people we invited on, you know, my aunt and uncle in their 70s were watching the show and they're like, I can't believe how intelligent all, all these people that come on are. And it was like, yeah, that's oh. what we're trying to let people that, know. That was know? the best scene in, uh, I think it was Wayne's World, where Alice Cooper yeah. is like, he's <laughs> like this super hyper-intelligent, I think he is, actually. Sure. But so, those guys, you kind of have to be that intelligent to like well, if you pull, last, pull this off. If you last long enough, thing. yeah, yeah. You, you got to have some brains. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's just dumb luck, but yeah. um, and sobriety helps. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, we always were proud to represent the other side of metal which is the majority of of people who are intelligent and who you know uh that these musicians are super talented and and can go up against classically trained musicians a lot of them are classically trained themselves yeah they are yeah yeah so don jameson in the building everybody that was a long intro huh (laughs) oh wow now let's get on to the interview (laughs) that's how we get in there but uh, I just saw, um, and I've been asking everybody, and uh, you, ever, you ever see a movie and then you try to talk about it and nobody's seen it? Rocket Man, did you see that? I haven't seen it oh, yet, but I'd love to. So good. I mean, Elton John, what he was doing in the early 70s was amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, just cocaine. like. <laughs> <laughs> amazing cocaine. <laughs> you start to wonder, is like, if we, you know, was it just special cocaine back then? Because it seems like there was so much magic happening. It's, it's, I think it's uh, heroin and cocaine was pretty amazing. 60s, 70s. It's duck know. costume. They had it down right. Co- cocaine. <laughs> like that, he went out in a duck outfit. Dude, it doesn't I mean, matter. Would the, that's what I love about him. He's, there's a scene in the movie where he goes, "This is my stage gear," and I think that was so great. I was like, "Yeah, it's your stage gear, man." Yeah. It's like I don't dress like this, you know, whatever. But it was like. Um, I don't know. Just such a good movie. I really loved it. Yeah, you know? I'm glad that the, yeah. the well. The other thing that's happening is this big rock revival now yeah. between all the young bands coming up, p- playing rock music, and getting girls to come to shows again, and getting respect from critics. Um, yeah. That's great. And then these biopics 
like Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket sure. Man, The Dirt, that people are are digging. Man, rock's yeah. making a big comeback. So, you know, for me, it's like, uh, you know, my roots are in playing the nightclubs, doing yeah. the comedy, but. God, man, I do love going out and, and working with the bands and going on tour and being on the tour bus and yeah. getting the brotherhood of being in sure. a band but having none of the drama. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> it's just me. I have no yeah. equipment. Sure. There's no three other guys bringing their baggage yeah. emotionally and physically on the bus. Sure. I'm easygoing. Yeah. Um, I just I just need a microphone and and I put my dick jokes in my pocket and I go. <laughs> and it's it's easy for everybody. There's no changeover. Yeah, yeah. And the bands love That's that great. about it. So uh, I'm really excited where Rock's going right now. That's great. Um, so where where was where was the first place you? Uh, Kind of started doing stand up. I'm uh, by the way, I'm less excited where comedy's going. I'm Are much you? more, yeah, because you know, you're getting people listening to buzzwords now and freaking out and getting nervous, and crowds are getting very tentative. It's always been that way. Mm. I think it's always more been now. That way. I hate to, I hate to be the old guy yelling at the millennials, no, 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 no. but it is the younger crowd. Well, let's get into that before we get into like when you started. I, um, well, I feel like okay, let's go back to that when you started comedy. It's like. I mean, yeah, you couldn't do you couldn't do what Kinnison did now for sure. You couldn't do even what Dice was doing or any of these guys. But you know, or Eddie Murphy even, you yeah. know, you faggots look at my ass. You couldn't say any of that. You know? right. like, but I just think we have to be because I'm pretty edgy, and I think you just have to be more creative, and you just oh, have I to agree. you have to be more creative in how you deliver the edge. You can't do what Lampanelli was doing, you know, six years ago. No. You just can't do it anymore, which is which isn't the worst thing. <laughs> well, because <laughs> so, we need to work harder as artists. I agree. I we need to find a more intelligent way to you know drop the joke. I agree, and yeah. I, and I started doing more storytelling like in the last three or four years because I was never. I like the the quick hitters. That's yeah. the style I yeah, like. You're old school like that, yeah. But I like the. I did enjoy the challenge of learning to tell a story on stage. Yeah. Not a good storyteller. So me neither. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I had to. I had to figure Terrible. out how to do it on stage. Yeah. And, and you know, there's some brutal times developing sure. some of the stories that I ended up putting on my last record. But um, but it was a good exercise in doing something different, number one. And sure. two, the more personal you make your stories, uh, you could the more edgy you can be with them because yeah. I, people don't feel like you're just taking cheap shots at somebody. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. It's a, they, they understand they're going on this personal journey with you. So yeah. you can be a little bit more risque with with a personal story, one that they know, you know, like no other comics doing a bit about, you know, getting a hickey from Kiefer Sutherland. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody else is doing that yeah. bit, everyone knows it's mine. Sure. You know, so, and, but within the context of a story, obviously you still need to have jokes. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. But, but they, it softens it a little bit. Sure. That, sure. that, that, okay, this is something that happened to him. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, I think albums are good for that, you know, I think it's just like that, because that's what I did on my album, I had all my jokes, but then I also had some stories that I don't really share in, you know, in a comedy club atmosphere, because sometimes in a comedy club atmosphere, it's hard to tell a story, mm -hmm. because it's such a, like, you know, two drink minimum pressure, you know, it's like these tourists, it's like, you know, yeah. the, the tension's bad, I tried to do a, a really cool storytelling show in Greenwich Village, and it was like, it just couldn't. It wouldn't work because these tourists would come in and be like, "Hey, where's the jokes? Where's the laugh?" Because because it was like the comics were taking their time up there trying yeah. to like share something real, and um, the audience just didn't have the patience for it. Yeah, you know. So I think you also have to find an audience that appreciates a storytelling type atmosphere. 
But I I agree that, you know, there's definitely a lot of comics got douched out of the business in the last handful of years. And, you know, that's not adjusting with the times. But it is tough. You know, it's definitely been tougher. The rock crowds are definitely more into... You know, bluntness and, sure. you know, I could definitely be a little bit m- yeah. more loose with them. But, uh, yeah, it's it's tricky now, man. It's, it's, it's interesting navigating the waters. Yeah, but, um, well, back to the story thing. Um, but definitely um, not everybody, you know, can tell a story. That's for sure. Yeah. You know? And it seems like, and I feel like a lot of people are trying to do it now. I feel like the young comics are trying to tell a story. And if you're going to tell a story, like I pretty, I trust your life. Because of everything that you, you know, you have such this, this kind of checkered life. So it's like, I'm sure whatever you, hey, Dustin, I got a story. I'm sure it's it's going to be pretty cool. But some people, it's like, I don't really care about the story, you know, like when you went to Walmart. Like, it's like, you really, it needs to be like right. <laughs> a story we're going to want to listen to. <laughs> right. you know? yeah. Don't just think you have to tell stories. Like, tell a story because you have to tell that story. Not like, I'm going to be a story guy. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So. The, the walk from the subway story. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you might not need yeah. to say that one on stage, but sure. but yeah, it's um you still but the also again you still need the yeah. jokes you still need to be yeah. hitting at a certain well a lot of point. young comics listen to this show so that's why I like to go back to the beginning because a lot of guys get kind of frustrated with you know how do we how do we start this process you know what yeah. I mean like what do we how do we like you know find the courage and find the direction in our comedy so. Um, so where did you start? New York Comedy Club? Is that where you started? Or Well, the, in the city, definitely, yeah. yeah. I remember doing like the uh, like the 6 o'clock open mic or whatever okay. it was, or 5 o'clock open mic. And uh, I, I mean, I think the key is the same as it ever was. Just get yeah. on stage as much as you possibly can, even if it's not in the best circumstances. Where did the jump happen? Like from like not being in open mics and like starting to kind of be looked at as a comedian? How, do we, how, do you, how did that, you think that started to kind of come together? I think, you know, a lot of it was... Meeting people or... Well, you know, the Jersey comics, you know, okay. were always... You know, it was a weird thing when we started. It was, there was sort of this divide between New York and New Jersey comics. New Jersey yeah. comics were lowbrow and we worked the road and New, Jer- uh, New York comics were destined to do... They they had their six-minute set to do for Letterman or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I did find the nurturing... Uh, the nature of the the Jersey comics that that they were nurturing. Yeah. So guys like Jim Norton and Bob Levy and Jim Florentine, and you could work all the time with those guys. You know, they'd be like, yeah. "Can you do ten minutes?" And I, yeah, I might have had three. Yeah, I could do ten minutes. And now yeah. you're up in front of crowds every night, working, working, working. So then when you when I did come in the city, I actually had my stage legs under me. But I remember you. You were like, um, like we. I remember when I was a young comic, and you were a young comic. But you were more like a. You were already kind of like a George Clooney of comedy. Like you, when, you would, when you would come in, you're like this good looking dude. You had like you had like these MTV connections. We're like, oh, Jamin's just oh, here. Now you we tell got- me. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> like we all wanted to crush in front of you. Like it was all, you know. It's like it's just so funny, you know. When you don't, you don't know how people for, see you no. back then. But it was like, oh yeah, we were like oh, Jameson's here. But yeah. that was the other yeah. key that that I never took a, a favor from having the MTV connections. Yeah, no, I knew. I, not, ju- no. I somehow I knew. You're a real comic. I, I didn't know anything else except that I just had such a yeah. passion for the art form. But the thing I did know is like I have to do it the way everybody else is doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I You're can't doing the take shit a shortcut. Spots. Yeah. Just because you know Lucian will give me a nine o'clock spot on a, a Friday night doesn't mean I should be doing it. 
So did you know, Lucian uh, pass you? Uh, but uh, um, he, I did. I think I did late nights there. He passed you? me for you know <laughs> begrudgingly, and that was all right though. That was all right. Dad just hey, if I want to work his club, I got to yeah. work harder. I got to work harder, yeah. and that was fine. So I think it's, you know, and you just get up and and you just get on stage and you do it as much as you possibly can. And then you realize after a while, like when you start to build up your own audience, like then all the gigs are easy because you've already done all the crappy gigs. Yeah. Are you the funniest person in your family? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But that's really not saying much, man. Uh, my mom's. My mom's. Uh, I probably get it from my mom. She's a little funny. She's yeah. very funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, she always. Yeah. She always dreamed of you know a mother co- and son act. Okay, because I. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, that would work. What about you? Um, I. My brother was the joke, joke guy. My um, middle brother. He's. Uh, he's a mess. Like I'm the only person in my family that's never been arrested. Like it's just. A, it's a shit show. Right. And so he's. Um, but he was a joke, joke guy. Like always had like fifteen of those. Like you know, inappropriate street jokes. Mm. You know what I mean? Like racist, like just right. <laughs> like horrible fucking but hilarious. The good old days. Yeah, but the hilarious, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Texas racist jokes are pretty solid. And uh but yeah, so but he always had jokes. So he was always joke, 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 joke and he was always big and kind of literally big, like a big physical guy and and it's like you know, just really, really funny and the most dominant of our family. So it's like you know, and I was the youngest, and it was like these two older brothers, so I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Mm. So it was always like, you know, it's funny that I became the comedian because it was just like every, even my father was like, well, I always thought, you know, Dennis would be the comic, you know, which is the worst thing I ever heard from him, you know, my father to say to me, and you're like, really? Did you have to say that? <laughs> <laughs> with family, it's like, you know what? You don't have to say what you think yeah. all the time. That's what, I've tr- that's what I've realized with family is like, Family will say things that just nobody else, you know, would ever have the courage to say to you, but they just, you know, they can say it because they're connected to you. But it's like, um, but anyway, it's like, yeah, I, I, I didn't ever think I'd do comedy, you know. I just think I was too shy for this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I never thought that I'd do yeah, something but, artistic. I never thought I'd be grabbing a microphone and but, entertaining but, people. Yeah, well, but and I, we have no jokes. Like, if some, if I need a street joke, I can't remember one. If you tell me yeah. one now, by the end of the podcast, I won't remember it anymore. I'm just yeah. And people are amazed by that. They're like, you don't know any regular jokes. I'm yeah. like, no, I don't. Yeah, I know one joke, and I it was one like street joke that I heard, and it was like, and I remember I told I went camping with my my neighbor's friends. It was like with his family, and then I told this joke. In front of, you know, like six adults and like whatever. And it was kind of inappropriate. And it was like, and then I remember feeling that wave of laughter. for the, And I could still feel that moment. I was like like nine years old. And it right. was just like one of those moments where I told a joke and everybody laughed. And it's like, I still hold on. I'm still chasing that dragon, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've felt it like that before. Because you're like, you know, you're little. You don't know if it's going to work. You don't know what's happening. And then bam, then yeah. everybody flipped out. And you get close. So you think, yeah. all right, the next time I'll, I'll get there. But yeah. it's funny with, with old jokes because uh, Bennington did a Thanksgiving show mm. at the Hard Rock. And he had all, you know, a million comics come in there. And yeah. did you, all you had to do, he just wanted everybody to come up and tell one street joke. Oh, okay. You had to see backstage, I mean, between me and Florentine and Voss and T.J. Miller and Joe List and, like, all these amazing comics. You never saw a room full of comics sweating so badly. (laughs) What do you got? You got anything? I I couldn't come up with one. I I, I learned two, so I'll give you one. Which one of these do you want? Like, 
like 300 years of comedy experience yeah. in this room and it was yeah. like we were headlining for the president or something like we yeah. were so, everyone was so nervous just to tell a street joke will you ever go on the road though and you'll see like a guy that's like crushing with original material and then he'll close at like three of those and you're like what are you doing yeah right I've seen that happen a lot yeah it's like a great like you too doesn't need to play three cover songs at the end of their set <laughs> it's like no you just play 15 hits in a row <laughs> I remember uh, Eddie Murphy kind of did a stupid little silly rabbit joke or something at the end. Is it on Delirious? I was like, there was no need for that, and I, and know? I would forget it by the time I got there. Sure, you know? sure, sure. But because I think we, like I said, we we concentrate more on you know our stories and yeah. you know and, and hopefully you get there as a comic to where you do you know get more personal yeah. as you go, um, you know, and then yeah, the, the street jokes just aren't the first thing on my mind. Yeah, no, it's just like we're. So where do you want to go as a comic? Like what what more do you want to do? You know? I want to go to the Greenwich Comedy Club at ten forty tomorrow. And after we'll that I have that no happens. plan. We'll see if that happens. I have no plan after that. No, do you want to do another album? Do you wanna like Yeah, yeah. Know, do I'll do another like record. a more person something personal? Or like I'm just curious where people you know, what goals people have yeah. for themselves, you know? Yeah. Just like well, the, with 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 the com- I have three comedy albums out and, That's and awesome. And they're with um, how that happen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I almost blew it. I almost got three. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's, it's, it's one real it's this. one really good comedy CD, but spread out over three. Yeah, it's like you're like you have twenty minutes, but you can do forty five with some crowd work. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> when when comics were when comics were able to make their own and market their own CDs and stuff, everyone yeah. started doing. It. And I was like, okay. I could do this, but I. I don't want to like. I want it to be special somehow. You know, not just cause, again, not just just because I can do something doesn't mean I, I have to. How'd you make it special? So then I, I got um, I met Brian Slagle, who's the owner of a, a record label, Metal Blade, oh, Metal wow. Blade Records. Okay, which you know was where Metallica came from. Metal yeah. Blade Records, Slayer came awesome. from Metal Blade. You know, King Diamond, all so those, cool. yeah, all those uh, early metal bands that uh, became huge all started on Metal Blade, and the the label's been around for over thirty five years now, and. Um, I started to become friendly with Brian, and he offered me a record deal to do my comedy albums that was great. with Metal Blade. And I went out and opened for one of his bands, and he, that's when he had come and seen me. And he's okay. like, he goes, oh, man. He goes, I, you only did, I only saw you do 20 minutes, but if, yeah. I don't know if you have enough for an album. I, you know, I'd love to put a, put a record out with you. And honestly, you know, we were having some drinks, and I was honestly like, I thought he was messing with me. Because yeah. I'm like, I've been listening to this guy's <laughs> records that he's been putting out on his label Dude, since 1985. So cool. And um, I didn't answer him. Because I honestly thought he was goofing on me. Yeah. And like a year later, he hired me to, to perform at this metal convention okay. down by Palm Springs. And he picked me up at the airport and we're driving down. He goes, you never got back to me about that record deal. I go, oh, you were serious? <laughs> <laughs> and within five minutes, I had a record deal. You know, oh, we, awesome. we hammered it out right in the car. So, so that's what's special to me about the comedy so albums did you... is that they're on a heavy metal label. Oh, that is cool. But you, but but you know, you don't have to like metal or hard rock to like my albums. It's still no, no, they're sure, still done sure, in sure. nightclubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love the tie-in with. Did you? That I mean, scene. well, Rick Rubin did the Dice album, right? Yeah. And so, and it had a feel of music to it, like something just about it was different than any other album. More like a concert. Yeah. Recorded more like a concert. Yeah. It yeah. felt kind of just it, it just whatever. I mean, that guy can touch anything and it's gold. But no. uh, but so did you did. Did the albums have some sort of kind of like a rock feel to it or a different mm-hmm. feel to it? They yeah, okay. and I and I do the I do the packaging, you know, as parodies of other 
bands. Oh, that's cool. Albums. So, okay. like, my first record is called Live and Hilarious. Um, that was a parody of Live and Dangerous from Thin Lizzy. Gotcha. Their classic live album. I should have known that. And that was, well, <laughs> it's one of the great, when live albums were great, it was oh, yeah. one of the great Such ones. Such a great band. And, um, and that, that uh, also fortuitous to name it that because at the same time, Louis C.K. put out an album called Hilarious. Uh-huh. And a lot of people bought my album thinking it was Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. So I appreciate everyone who sent me to the, the top 10 on Billboard. <laughs> but I'm sorry you got stuck with my CD. <laughs> This fucking guy. Yeah, he's not on Louis. Oh, that is funny. But I do definitely yeah. include a lot of you know music references and stuff. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, you know I always feel it out with the crowd. Some crowds are you know can go a little deeper than others. But yeah. everybody knows ACDC. Everybody knows Twisted Sister. Everybody knows Molly Crew. Everyone knows Metallica. So you could do those in front of a regular nightclub yeah. act. When you start getting you know start talking about Viking metal, you that, I, yeah, then you're getting deep. That's good shit though. Viking metal. Who did I see with Viking metal? Um, they opened for Clutch. It was like a Viking metal band. They had the fucking horns and shit. They were fantastic. Yeah, Amon Marth is a big one now. It might be them. Yeah, they're but from they open, Sweden. They opened from Clutch. So they drink does that beer sound right? Of, Clutch. They drink beer out of a goat horn. Yeah, that's, stage. That's, yeah, yeah that, that was fantastic. You know, I've seen, I mean, I saw Zeppelin when I was seven. Not too many people could say that. Oh. And uh, I've seen everybody. And um, Guns N' Roses opened for Iggy Pop. Like, I've seen all kinds of crazy shows. And ACDC was, hands down, just the most enjoyable show I've ever seen in my life. Those yeah. guys were just, you know, it was the... It was so good to see them. You, well, know, you saw so happy with Bond, huh? I did, yeah. And it was just like such a great, great show, man. Those guys are amazing. But it's like, um, but yeah, I think we can learn from rock shows, too. I think a lot of comics feel like you have to watch Jim Gaffigan, you know, in order to be funny or, you know, these young guys. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, Chris Rock, you know, he watched Preachers and, you know, and I yeah. think and I learn a lot watching, you know, like a rock a front man from a rock band. And it's just like, I mean, because they're just the crowd is mesmerized. They're working the room. Mm-hmm. They're keeping it going. The flow, they're closing strong. They're opening the right way. They, oh, yeah. You know, there's something that happens in the crowd. They're dealing with that. Like there's a and there's so much maintenance to the crowd that's similar to what we do. Yeah. You know, agreed. It's. You can, you really so can much. yeah I mean obviously it's great to have your comic heroes the, the people that you dig but yeah. yeah you really can you can take it from other kinds of performances yeah you know like how do I capture that intensity and in, into what I do yeah but obviously what we do in terms of delivery of of our material is very deliberate but yeah you can kind of go out there with the same kind of aggression and, and attitude as a rock band, which sure. is when I go out and open for the bands, I have to. I'm direct support to the headliner. Sure. So I have to come out big, you know, I yeah, have yeah, to yeah. be I have to be like a support band in yeah, terms yeah. of my energy and my pace. Well that was funny with Big J Ogerson because he's not really big like that in the sense of how he does his comedy. It's yeah. very set down on the stoolie and just hey, what's up? You know, it's very yeah. it's very come to me. So it's like it's interesting that he was able to get away with that. But he is very rock and roll. So yeah. I think that's what transcends, you know. He got thrown and he got thrown into the fire. I mean, I think he started by doing the mayhem tours. Yeah. So he was up in front of like seventeen thousand people every night. But he did. He played that's crazy. it but he played it big. And he went over, and you know, I yeah. saw him do it. And he went over great, man. Yeah. And he's got the look, and you have the look yeah. too. I mean, that's yeah. half the battle, also. The sure, is they, having they the have look. to buy it that you're part of them, you know. Yeah, so I even I rock it up even a lot more when I go on the road. Oh, you sure. know, I put on a vest get and a chain. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> get my get my rock look on. You know, <laughs> you in a vest? I bet you look like one of the warriors. And I, <laughs> 
<laughs> then backstage, I'm in my my khakis and my blue button up yeah. and my phone holster. And back to corporate, Don. Your fanny pack. Yeah. So um, that's just, so you're on a cruise and you're doing comedy with these metal shows. What who who were the uh, bands on this last cruise you did? So the, the cruise that I that I do every year is called Monsters of Rock Cruise, Monsters and Rock. it's it's okay. specifically geared towards the '80s fans. Okay. So you know you're getting you know Winger and Winger. Tesla and Tesla. Queensryche what? and uh, these guys are still around. <laughs> yeah, great. man, that's great. And they're kicking ass. Yeah, Queensryche, they yeah. same singer. No, they have a different singer. Different singer. Okay. Then they have a few few albums with him now. How's he, he sound? He must... sounds just like Jeff Taylor. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, and they've extended their careers. You know, okay. Tom Kiefer, who was in Cinderella for years. I now love he, Cinderella. He's been doing his solo band for like the last six years. Okay, and they're f- phenomenal. So they're always a staple on the boat. And and yeah, it's a bunch of uh, and it's just a big party, you know. And wow. uh, Florentine and I usually do a stand-up show on there, and we have a lot of fun. And so, what was it? I mean, you met Ozzy, I, I take it a mm-hmm. few times. What yeah. was that like? Just like your first time you met somebody like that? Yeah, because that's that's, uh, that's, that's other huge. level. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, um, I hadn't. I have. I met Ozzy even long before that metal show. But okay. yeah, it was just sort of like, <laughs> you know, you just freeze up, and you know, uh, just I'm a <laughs> big fan. <laughs> Trying not to say something stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I was with with Lemmy, you know. Ah, Lemmy. Because Lemmy, yeah. you know, tru- truly my hero. Oh, yeah, Lemmy was fantastic. And when he first started doing yeah. that metal show, I was like, I don't care if he even knows yeah. who I am. I just don't want him to not like me. <laughs> That's all I care about. Oh, yeah. I'd rather be invisible. Sure. Than him to not like me. Yeah, be annoyed by you or something. So I just did my job, and I had fun <laughs> and all that, but... I think because I didn't bug him, he took a liking to me. Oh, that's great. Because I wasn't up his ass about, you know, uh, I'm a fan of the, <laughs> you know. And, and, <laughs> I you know, you know <laughs> trying to pop his, his moles on his face or anything. I was I was just relaxed around him. And then yeah. we started, uh, he took a liking to me and then ended up having, you know, crossing off my bucket list, having a Jack and Coke with Lemmy. And, oh, that's fantastic. Like everything after this is gravy. But I think that's what that's what's cool about you is like, you are that guy that like doesn't you know, and because I think it's like I think when people you know start to elevate in comedy and they get around celebrities and stuff, and that I think that is part of it mm. is kind of transitioning into this like you know not you can't I mean you can still be a fan obviously, but at the same time you know you just have to they're people you know and yeah. it's just like they're just they're artists and they want to just kind of be treated like people and like there's a there's a you know. A lot of people don't know how to do that properly, you know? They yeah. end up pushing, like, people away and people, like... Because they, they don't want to be treated, you know, like getting chased down the street kind of mentality, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I look, I obviously, if we had got hired to do that country show... Yeah. I, it would have been a very different experience for me because <laughs> I wouldn't really known about sure. any of these artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah You know, yeah. If, if you're telling me, I could, you know, I got to go out and interview Alice Cooper for, yeah. you know, 44 minutes... Um, I, I've been training my whole life to do that anyway. Sure, I don't sure. really need to prep for that. Yeah, you know, I could just go out and start talking to him because yeah, but I've Garth been Brooks, listening to his Garth music. Brooks would be like a job. I get it. But uh, yeah, I, I have to take out the old binder and look through <laughs> the. Uh, say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they used to print out places. The, yeah. They used to print out the bios for us, and we're like, really? We know this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they got it. Do you? Uh, did you meet Colt? The Colt? 
uh, yeah, Ian Bill, Ashenberry and all those guys. Billy and Ian Billy. did our show. Oh, that was great. Yeah. I love, they're, they're my favorite. Yeah. They were such, such a cool band. And they, I, saw, I saw them recently. They were still fantastic. Yeah, and they and, and um, their last few albums have been really good. Yeah. Still making good music. They really are. Yeah. So that's that's so cool, man. Well, I'm really, like, uh, grateful, you, you know, you did the show. and Thank you, man. so cool to, like, just talk to people that, you know, are inspiring because you're very inspiring because you're kind of one of these guys that, like, you know, turns, you know, napkin ideas into real things. And I think that's what that's what this this whole thing is about. Yeah, you know? thank you. It's, it's a, just taking it, a dream and making it happen. And like, and, and even if something, you know, goes another direction, you're still doing what you want to do and, you know, finding, you know, new things that are, you know, still exciting. And it's great. And I think that's you know? important for, yeah. for young comics if they're sure. listening is – you know, you'll find your niche. We we all have it, and and you and you'll find yeah. it eventually. And um, you know, I'm glad yeah. I persisted and did. And I think yours has the most chicks. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> so you're a god amongst all of us. I, I got you. Got to have priorities. <laughs> really are. Well, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank uh, you, man. I very appreciate cool. It. And uh, so any plugs? Any. Uh, you're, yeah, you got a new show. You got a new oh, yeah. plug your stuff. What's yeah, and I, which I, I'd love yeah. to have you on. Love, love to be on. So that metal show, you know, went away a few years ago. So yes. I took the premise, and I'm doing that Jameson show. <laughs> Great on CompoundMedia.com. So it is a subscription service. Um, but if you want to check out a few freebies, they're up on YouTube. Just type in that Jameson show. That's great. It's the same logo and everything okay. as that metal show. And is it is it uh, a lot of music? It's stuff, rock, rock based, but you know, we also talk comedy and sports and. And it's, so it's a little more well-rounded. And how do they find that on Kumia Network? Uh, CompoundMedia.com. Compound if you want to subscribe, like I said, if you want to check out a couple free ones to see if you like it, you go on YouTube. Very cool. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, to, I'll leave you with this. Uh, our special guest, Don Jameson. I've known this guy forever. We don't even want to tell people how long we've known each other because <laughs> it ages us. But uh, it's been a long time. We're still beautiful. Yeah, we're still beautiful. We're hanging. You know, that's the thing. You see a lot of these guys. They just don't keep it tight. You know, they just let it go. It's like, come on, man, keep it. You know, girls keep it tight. I don't understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're pumping out kids. We're we're pumping out dick jokes. There's no excuse not to keep it tight. Yeah. But uh, so take care of yourself, guys. When you're when you pass, you know, a couple of years, you can you can still look good in the in the golden rock and roll years. But uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And if you're interested in comedy coaching and all that fun stuff, you can go to my website, uh, comedy coaching on Facebook, and uh, follow us on Patreon and all that stuff. We can use your love. All right. Thank you, everybody. I'll leave you with this. Bye bye. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.